Hey everybody, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We have reached episode 642. It's Wednesday. Uh, it's August 25, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. Um, shaving cream. Oh yeah, I'm Josh Walrus. Oh, shaving cream. I'm not going to repeat any Dr. Demento uh, here. I'm just going to be Brett Van Strunberg. And we've returned. We took last week off, if you didn't notice. I'm sure there were dozens of people who were devastated about this. But don't worry. We're back. We're dozens. We didn't go anywhere. Really. I, I stayed home. I don't know what anybody else was doing. I only there. smell a bit fishy. Oh, okay. So. I went to San Diego and down to Tijuana. You went to Tijuana? Really? Well, I got to this side of the fence anyways. Oh, okay. And just looked over. I uh, Well, I got close anyways. We got, yeah. That's it. Uh, you can find out when we return like this, when we go live, whatever, pcpro.com slash subscribe. You'll get an email. I got an, I actually re- was reminded to do a show tonight because Brett sent out the email. <laughs> I looked down at my watch what? like, oh, yeah, there's a show tonight. <laughs> it's a good mm. thing I sent it out like a half an hour earlier. <laughs> I know. It was at like 9, 8.30. Oh, wait. Well, you know what? Sure nobody likes to talk works. to me anyway. Yes, they do. We'll talk nobody. about that more later. Josh, Josh. We took a Josh. week off, but Josh was very busy. He was he a was. busy boy, not just eating you burgers, should, which you he also feel did. how soft my hands are. Okay, uh, okay at least you use lotion. A, that's a good that's thing. just the lotion um, I was going to say. Yep, you can support this. We're making a. My great mother is probably watching tonight. this. Does she just, support us, Josh? Because she should go well, to Patreon.com. I mean, she she supports me. So I mean, in fact, that that supports you. Yeah. Oh, indirectly. No, yeah. I don't think you've even met sure. your mom, Josh. I feel bad taking money from her. That's okay. I've never no. met your wife, which is probably that's, lucky that's, for you. Well, I don't know. Well, but why were you taking money from her? Oh, God. Why was she giving you money? And what was she giving you money for? <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a golf pro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I you was, were talking about That's not what it looks like. I was teaching her how to swing. That's why <laughs> right. my arms were around her like that. All right. Uh, we have a This Week in Patreon update. We do. Twip. Let us let us uh, know, Brett, who we can thank. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, your uh, patronage uh, to Graham Miller, which is a relatively normal name. So, really appreciate the normalcy. With hey, they're not hiding Graham behind Miller. some screen name, you know. They're no, putting themselves unlike, out there. Unlike, unlike the, the one uh, that the wants to hide two. behind Josh. Yes, the I'm going to read these slightly out of order because I want to save the middle one for last. Well, okay. fair. Okay. Yeah, so the next one, I, I want to pronounce this correctly. I think it's Malafi AMC, and I can't help but this is some sort of weird reference, and I might have just said something bad, uh, but I don't know American it. American Mothers uh, Corporation? Yeah, uh, no, Meme Stock, uh, the, oh. uh, the movie theater company. Jeremy's, AMC. I see him copying and pasting it right now. He's, he's going yes, to Yes, I'm, I'm on Pornhub at the moment. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, and no, nothing's oh. coming up. The the name of this this special patron definitely directed towards Josh. And if Josh, you want to respond to this, that's totally fine. I'll be your burger, you be my buns. Josh, any response? No. Speaking of burgers, that was the clean segue after all the editing I'll have to do later. Good mm-hmm. one. <laughs> Josh Okay. I think you were busy last week, even though we weren't. But this yeah. week, what did you have last week? I don't, I don't see it on the list. Last Wednesday, 
Throw your mind back. Um, <clears throat> shaving, budge, ficken, brick of brack of firecracker, sis, boom, ba. Let me let me look in my gallery. Okay. And uh, I will let you know what I had the week before. Oh my gosh! Did we talk about the kitchen sink? See? That's that's the kitchen sink. Good and Lord. let me read this to you. And this, I'm. I'm going to go in for a triple bypass probably in, in about four months after this one. Josh, the word, the word sloppy comes to mind. You know oh, what I'm and, and, and this week was sloppy, too. But no, the kitchen sink is two beef patties topped with queso, pulled pork, caramelized onions, French fries, American cheese, and bacon. If you could think of a more unhealthy burger... You're gonna have to like add spam and lard, and that's about it. But this, if was, you want, I can take a picture of one tomorrow. You probably could, but I don't want to see it because that's my fasting phase. After what I ate, I understand. I probably won't. Yeah, be but anyway, uh, this was a it was a good burger. <laughs> it was it was extremely filling. I had to have a salad with it because already it had fries on top of the burger, so mm-hmm. I just couldn't double up. And I needed to essentially rotor root my um, coronary arteries, but that's another story for a different day. So you went light this week to make up for that, right, Josh? I, I did. Uh, this one was half the price of that one. And this, underneath that bun and all that cheddar cheese, is a sloppy Joe. And it was still filling. And originally, they were like, well, it's a sloppy joe with American cheese. And I was like, you know, I've had enough of American cheese. Give me some cheddar. And they obliged. And it was magnificent. It's a really good sloppy joe under all that cheese. If you've never had a sloppy joe, you you should. You ain't lived. They're tasty. And they're tangy. And a well-done one is just fantastic. So... Go enjoy yourself a sloppy Joe. So two weeks, two weeks of absolutely artery imploding burgers and sloppy Joes. I'm still here. I'm still standing. Iron Man. Apparently. How do we get from food to tech? How, how do, what easy. what segue do we use? Easy. Intel mm-hmm. Architecture Day 2021. If you remember wow. last year, you did it. it was a virtual event. And this year... It's also a virtual event. Surprise. But look at this cool graphic as I switch over to the other camera here. We finally learned a little bit more about the performance and efficiency cores of their upcoming processor. We learned about XES, XS, I don't know how to pronounce that. The DLSS competitor. It's a tale of two cores, as I wrote here, is Alder Lake. Reinventing the multi-core architecture, according to Intel. Which, I mean, it's it's interesting. It, and I don't remember if I put it on the list or not, but there are some uh, Geekbench leaks already, allegedly, about performance and an i7 basically being within a couple percentage points of a uh, 5800X from AMD. So it could be, could be Intel's return to... ARM desktop competition architecture. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's like it's they're doing ARM but with x86. So they have their x86 performance cores, and then there are going to be efficiency cores 
wider, deeper, longer. Yes, that's what it's. Did they hurt yeah. the South Park guys? No, but because they went smarter. Whiter, deeper, and smarter. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, it's definitely the South Park guys. What's the... Yeah. Uh, I embedded their videos. That basically... Well, exactly come on. They what... shrunk Raja and all sorts of things. <laughs> I Yeah. I Pretty much anything press saw, you can just go to their YouTube channel and watch. All the same, very highly polished presentations that they do now. I can't imagine anybody... Why would anybody go back to live events again when they have perfected this PR glossy version of things like Architecture Day. Because I tell you what, standing or sitting in an auditorium with 300 people with large screens and like 5,000 watts of sound while they're doing this and you're getting a 50 foot high projection of what they're talking about and especially in action scenes. It's a, it's a different experience. Let me tell you, the... Um, <clears throat> You know, one of the slickest ones I still have been to was in 2004 with the 6800 series from NVIDIA. And, of course, this is going back, and Ryan Just a couple of was there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I mean, they had Evanescence playing at, like, 11, and, you know, Jensen's out there, and we've seen images that nobody's ever seen before, and they actually have a working architecture as compared to GeForce FX. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was impressive, and it was it was something that people were excited about, and you kind of felt it, and, and you were you were you were thinking, "Hey, good things are going to come out of this." And it was Nala, it was the the mermaid girl. Nala is that not? Not anyway. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's going back in time. Hey, I'm old. did they have? Did they happen to mention any operating systems that were going to be able to more most easily take advantage of Big Little? Here, we talk about that at all. Windows 11, you speak of this. It, well, I'm wondering if they're gonna maybe port some of that stuff into Windows 10 for people who don't go to Windows 11. What versions of oh, I doubt it. here's know. the thing Windows RT supported that out of the box, if I, I remember RT. correctly. Nothing else, but yeah, and Windows that. 10, Windows 10 for ARM also supports the operating system being able to send threads to yeah. small cores. Oh, in order to wait. So it, them, I mean, the, 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 the technology exists mm-hmm. in terms of software. Yep. Okay. This is, it's, it'll be like Ryzen one where there will need to be some improvements to the windows scheduler. Intel has talked about this thing called thread director. Yes. That, oh, that's um, right. They were so concerned about it. I did. So it's, right, it's in yeah. the, the architecture yeah. apparently. So that, uh, as long as the- but I'm pretty sure you'll need both at the same time. And I mm-hmm. I can see Microsoft being unwilling to backport that or add it to Windows 10. Well, I'm Until somebody here. figures out how to do it on their own and then they kind of mm-hmm. have to. What Intel yeah. says is their unique approach to scheduling was developed to ensure efficient cores and performance cores work seamlessly together, dynamically, intelligently assigning workloads from the start and optimizing the system for maximum real-world performance and efficiency. And they say this intelligence is built directly into the core and works seamlessly with the operating system to, uh, you know, get the right thread on the right core at the right time. Scheduled for your pleasure. It sounds like it'll work on Linux. It'll work on Windows XP. You know, it'll work on anything. Sure. (laughs) Windows 2000. Yep. But not Vista. Sorry. No, No, there's no Vista driver available. Or Hemi. 
Did we haven't talked about this yet? Did we? Did we talk about Arc? It's not nope. XE anymore. Now it's Arc. It's Z. Arc. Now it's Arc. 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 No, they said XE. Now it's Arc. Arc. Then there was you know nobody could decide whether it was going to be S XE or or Z, and now Sexy. it's Arc. But it's Arc A R C, as in it's capitalized, but it's stylized as capital A R C, but it's not an acronym. And thank there, you, Nvidia. And then there are different code names. The first is Alchemist. And apparently they're going A through Z. So it's Alchemist and then something that starts with a B. And then like... Barbarian. Yeah, C was like a... Love letter. Druid. D was Druid. I I know that. It's like, what is... Is there a a generational Epididymus. That's a tough one. Ooh, Epididymus. Yeah. We need a processor named that. I feel like these are... Slightly older people, maybe just middle-aged adult people who are like, Druid, that's cool. Alchemist sounds really cool. You know what? Duodenum well, would have been better. It's a D&D generation, man. Right. Yeah. 80s. <laughs> Something that came out of this, though, XE remains, but it's the name of the architecture. So, like, RDNA is behind the Radeon stuff. Now it's ARC, but it's powered by XE, and we don't have... Execution units anymore. Execution units. Now we have XE cores. <laughs> Clever. So each XE core has 16 vector engines and 16 matrix engines. And it's scalable up to high powered, you know, power like data center applications and whatnot. I don't know exactly what the. Um, XE core count for their first mainstream product is. They're not using code names like DG2 anymore. DG2 is Alchemist. It's it's a little confusing. But I guess if we think of Arc as like GTX, like NVIDIA RTX 3060. Now it's Intel Arc 3060. That's how we'll we'll do this. I, I my my guess is we'll have a Intel Arc 9800 GT. I'll tell you, they, they invested heavily in matrix math. Heavily. It's a lot of juice. They're planning on a lot of things, not just XESS, but um, you know, they're they're aiming directly at, at the uh, the breadwinner, the real high margin stuff from NVIDIA, which is you know, these these scalable uh, rack systems. And supercomputers that right now NVIDIA is just owning because they have great software. They've got great hardware. And nobody else really can do all the things that they do. And uh, Intel is, they're they're hoping to compete there. And they need to because it's some serious money. It's some serious performance. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're, 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 they're betting it all on this in terms of graphics. And I think they're going to do okay. I mean, the first generation may be not, you know, top-end type performance, but it's going to be, you know, reasonable. And I think that they're going to ask a reasonable price, at least MSRP. But we have no idea what, you know, six months from now it's going to look like in terms of, you know, what AMD and NVIDIA are able to uh, uh, provide in terms of actual physical parts that you could buy 
in a manner that is consistent with what we saw from years ago, not what we see today. So yeah, they're they're interesting. A they're entering a very interesting stage of uh, of this development. And I mean, they've spent billions of dollars. They've brought in a tremendous amount of people. They have revamped their entire architecture. They have uh, gotten all of their software people kind of on the same plane. Because previously, I mean, if you looked at the last five years of Intel graphics before. You know, Raja kind of came in there. There was something like 27 separate architectures. I mean, you know, they're very, very similar, but, you know, it's like they, they, they sent a group off to go and develop something for a single different core. And then another group did the graphics on a different core. And next thing you know, I mean, you've got all these very, very disparate designs um, that you have to develop software for, and they've fallen behind dramatically uh, in terms, and they've had to spend a lot of money to get things looking like what AMD and uh, NVIDIA has uh, in terms of user experience with like GeForce experience and, and adrenaline, or, or what is, is it still adrenaline now? So yeah, they, they've got some catch-up work to do, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well they actually... Uh, are able to execute because it's tough. I mean, you're you're starting not exactly from ground zero, but it's 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 dang close because a lot of the integrated graphics are, you know, they're okay for what they were, but they always lagged and their software was not always well received. Even though they have a really interesting uh, Linux uh, uh, strategy, my cat is really interested in my beer. Damn it, cat! Hey, Away. Josh. Josh, you recently, hey, kitty, that's my beer. recently talked about, uh, you know, never historical GPUs and components. Yes. In the YouTube chat, CR Poll asks, what happened the last Intel G- uh, Intel made GPUs? Were they no good compared to NVIDIA? Don't mention the B. <laughs> Do people, people don't the, uh, know. Intel has made consumer GPUs before. They launched they the AGP bus. Th- yeah. That was, and, that and was the most feature. Yep. That was the most feature-rich AGP implementation that they could do. AGPT, AGP2X, this cat's killing me, uh, with sideband addressing. And there was another feature that that they added in there, um, and it supported it all. Sadly, it was not the highest-performing 3D graphics core. It was about Voodoo graphics level um, to their, you know benefit they they it, it was good quality 3d rendering it wasn't anything really truly missing as compared to that time um what it was is uh, they um this cat it's killing me <laughs> um they had bought the 3d graphics unit of lockheed and uh this was originally like what the starfighter 3d i think the chip was called mm-hmm. and um yeah, and so they got it, and they, they brought them into Intel, and, and they added all these extra things in terms of uh, AGP. Um, it was it was heavy-duty for connectivity, and it, it checked all the boxes for this next-generation uh, graphics architecture. But, uh, yeah, it just was – it was just slow. 
Well, and it was Voodoo good enough 2 for was the very, very close to coming out. simulators. Or at least... But of course, they got the last laugh. Yeah. I don't know why it said GE Systems, because I swore it was Lockheed. Oh, my God. There it is. <laughs> uh, I-740. There it is. We should just know he's going to have one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get oh, and they were so cheap. They were so cheap when uh, and but the bad thing is is they didn't run on SIS or via chipsets. Oh, really oh, bad. Four and one could not save you. Those are really popular too. Oh. You needed to do. You needed to have a 440LX chipset this, this for this, this to run. This is exactly what they did with GG1 because it was specific. It was it was kind of tied to the chipset because there are certain dependencies mm-hmm. that they need a specific. Platform. Well, part of that, I mean, they, they were downloading yeah, yeah, the but, firmware. Sorry, but, but Taiwanese chipsets at this time, the quality was was not just quite there. And plus, I mean, it was in the late nineties, and Consistent. documentation was not fantastic. So yeah, I mean, there was improvements made over time. So AGP four X was better. AGP eight X. Everybody had good compatibility, but boy, AGP 2X full compatibility, it was grim. Running, run, I mean, running an ATI Rage 128 Pro on a VIA chipset, you had to default it down to AGP 1X with all the other extras, bells and whistles disabled. Because <clears throat> it just wouldn't work. Software, drivers, firmware, it was all awful. And you didn't really have the internet community to meet up with nowadays. Like, this isn't going to, this doesn't work. Please help me. It didn't work so well. Usually involved carding it physically somewhere else. Well, we need competition and availability. So, unfortunately, we have to wait until next year. There's still no DG2 slash Alchemist product until next year at some point. Yeah. Q1 is what they're aiming at. And they will still be fighting for fab space with with everybody else because it's being produced at TSMC, right? Yep. Actually, did they mention what uh, node this is being produced at? Is this 10? Is this 7? It's probably 7, uh, right? You know, many people are assuming this first graphics part is going to be 7 nanometer. Okay. But we don't know we for sure. See. All we know is that TSMC will be making it. Speaking of things we and don't considering, know sure. Go ahead. considering, sorry, I'll, I'll one more okay. thing. Considering that AMD and NVIDIA will not have their next generation stuff until at least Q3 of next year, it makes sense that they'll probably just use 7 nanometer. Speaking of Intel and things we don't know for sure, <laughs> videocards.com, and I, I know I said video cards, but they do a lot of CPU stuff too. They published a report via something that's on the page somewhere that it's a Geekbench leak through a Twitter account. So anyway, who knows? This could be an elaborate fake, but it, it seems genuine enough. It's an i7-12700 non-K. So it's eight performance cores, four efficiency cores, and a total of 20 threads. This was not clocked. Well, the base clock is 2.1. The the frequency was hitting up to 4.8. And you can see the Geekbench 5 score 
was $15.95 for single core and $10,170 for multi core. Some comparisons the Ryzen 7 5800X is about 70 to 80 points higher single threaded. Multi core was pretty close 10,376 versus um, 10,170. So it's not too far behind. Oh, here it is on the chart. And that's also an eight core part. So if they're competitive at the i7 level and have, is the 5800X is really fast. The 5900X, obviously just a little bit faster. Uh, not just a little bit faster. It's four cores faster. It's 14,142. So we'll see. Because I think, uh, what is Intel's highest end Alder Lake part? Is it? Is it eight 16. performance cores? Eight? Is it twenty? It's a twenty-four yeah. thread part, right? Yeah. So it's it's eight and eight, but only eight are d dual threaded. Okay. So sixteen plus eight. Twenty-four. But, but half of the sixteen are Piper threaded performance cores, so it's really only yes. Okay. It that we'll may see. or may not get scheduled as appropriate. Yeah. Although we and, hope they do. And Geekbench is useful as long as everything's even, but it's not the ultimate determining factor. I would like to see some more benchmarks, obviously, leak out or actually get hardware and test to see if that i9-12900K, for example, the, the 24th red part we're talking about, ends up, because that one has higher clocks. That one can boost up to 5.3. That's probably single-threaded. Uh, that's like Intel thermal velocity boost level now. All core boosts can go up to five gigahertz with that one, and uh, with a 125 watt TDP somehow, I think that's like momentary. It'll go down to 125 watts after 56 seconds. I it's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I, so we'll see. I, I still don't think these are like the the inclusion of the. It sounds like they're including the scheduler at the core level. That's interesting. I'm. I wonder how this translates into running various applications in Windows, but we will see. It's early, but thought that was interesting. They're already the leaks are out there that they're gonna be competitive with AMD again on desktop, which is good. Intel, it's sad, but Intel has been the value option for the last couple of years. You buy. <laughs> An Intel part because it's cheaper and more readily available, not because it leads on the benchmark charts. And they always used to have the lead, at least for many years, they had the lead in all the gaming benchmark charts. And now they don't have that. So, okay, it's, it's awfully quiet. I think it's time to hear from Josh again. And we oh, have to, no. We have to do this. Take a drink of water. I'm get sorry. Ready. It's time for. This, this is water. I don't I have water. It's time for oh. financial results from NVIDIA. Josh, please. Good Lord. You know, we thought AMD made a lot of money last quarter. It's nothing as compared to what uh, NVIDIA did. It used to be that NVIDIA was, you know, 1.5 to $2 billion a quarter. And, and uh, you know, considering that they only had GPUs, uh, they were performing right around where AMD did, which AMD had GPUs and CPUs. And then NVIDIA just really took off. And they 
continued to take off. And this last quarter, they they had a record quarter that I didn't expect, but I guess I should have. They made six point five billion dollars in revenue. That's that's insane. That's that's nuts from where they were two years ago. I mean, it's it's up something like what well, year over year sixty eight percent. Uh, two years, it's like one hundred twenty percent. I mean, it's 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 nuts. I mean, their growth has been meteoric to say the least. And uh, all this is due to, you know, they've 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 done tremendously well in not only consumer graphics but going into, you know, real industrial type stuff has provided them with a lot of money and. They have backed it up with good software. I mean, CUDA is is an industry standard, whether you liked it or not. If you go into universities and you find students who are doing machine learning or anything like this, heavy duty uh, number crunching, they're using CUDA because it's easy to teach. It's 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 software that is, I mean, it's it's you know C plus type stuff where. You can get results out really, really easily with 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 very little work. And I mean, Nvidia has seeded a lot of these universities with hardware and direction and everything you could think of. And and, and they have a great uh, software outreach group. So when you put all these things together, they make a tremendous amount of money, and they are producing far more cards than what AMD is doing. Uh, I know Steam surveys are not the end-all be-all, but it still shows the 3000 series of RTX cards are far outstripping what AMD is able to do with the uh, with the uh, 6000 series Radeons. So yeah, 6.5 billion with net income of 2.3 billion. That's that's just an absolute record. For NVIDIA, I mean, it's a huge amount of money that they can reinvest in their company, R&D, new employees, new technology. It's just nuts. I mean, they are now one third of the size of Intel in terms of quarterly results. And that's huge. That's that's big because Intel provides still about 78% of the CPUs sold in the world. Um, and when NVIDIA doesn't have a CPU it's selling, it's just all GPUs. Well, I mean, it's got some CPUs because it's got SOCs and it's selling to Nintendo and others. Um, their margins are just absolutely amazing. 64.8%. They're almost at 65% margin. That's, that's some good living. AMD is at 48% and they have had to claw hand and foot to get to that point. Uh, Intel is usually, I think they're, they're, they're actually hitting kind of low at about 58%. So Nvidia is really in the catbird seat. Um, very, very healthy company. It's just, it's just nuts. Their, their Q2 last year margin was 59% and they've jumped that up to almost 65%. I don't know. I mean, they're they're a well-run company. Uh, they've got the market on their side. 
Uh, there's so much demand for their products, both in terms of, um, you know, not only consumer, but enterprise. And I mean, they're just hitting on all cylinders and then they've got a, a rich skew. Um, you know, I, I guess you'd say a products, uh, skew, well, skew, sorry, I'm just going crazy here from the low end, which the low end starts at 350 bucks. If you can actually get it that, and then upwards of multiple thousands of dollars. So yeah, it's uh, it, it it's good to be an Nvidia shareholder right now because I have no idea how long this will last, but I don't think that it's going to go down anytime soon. They're going to level out. They're pro- They're going to plateau. It's just it's, it's just a matter of when, but we don't know when that's going to be. Is it going to be in two quarters? Going to be three? It's going to be two years. You know, the market is is just so unstable right now. Um. I mean, there's just so much demand. It's hard to make any kind of, of future assessment of, of what they're going to do and, and how they're going to do it. And, you know, and, and, you know, we also have to consider that AMD is a much more competitive product range right now, and they will be getting better. Intel is coming into the fold, and they look to have a competitive product at, at least at certain price points. And they're going to be pushing into uh, enterprise, so that's 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 Nvidia's real bread and butter in terms of money makers. So things are going to change, but for right now, they're doing amazing. They did really Josh, amazing in 2018 too, but yeah, things. It's, I don't have any idea when the mining thing is going to end unless it's i saw one of the comments on youtube a few minutes ago was about isn't ethereum going to like proof is it proof of stake is that what it's called where you you can't actually mine for it anymore at that point i have no idea well but you can except not but only a few and then there's this and yeah so it becomes utter you know just the, the same lunacy i mean we've got somebody really pissed off right now at coinbase because people broke in and hacked and stole their coins, and Coinbase is apparently not providing very good customer service. What Coinbase got hacked? Yeah. Wow. Uh yeah. They just went yeah, public bad. too. Surprise. Lovely. Yeah. And of course, next quarter they expect to increase by about three hundred million. So, yeah, six point eight billion dollars that Nvidia could potentially make. And gross margins going up even further. And they're in the same so, position that, that AMD is with regard to they're only limited right now by how much they can actually sell. Because they, so they maybe, sell everything they can make. No, they're only limited by how much they can make. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like honestly, they should think about different. putting they, that they money don't. into a fab and like starting to <laughs> fabricate don't. the basic small little chips that we're missing that stop the, the GPUs from hey, coming out. It'd probably make yeah, them money. Just capacitors. Sometimes it's just those. Yeah, Josh. Sometimes I was, was going to ask. Oh, go ahead. But they use Samsung eight nanometer for a lot of their yes. current chips. Oh, uh, their their high end A one hundred stuff. That's TSMC. But for all of their consumer stuff, it's it's Samsung eight nanometer. So they don't have nearly the competition for wafer starts as if they had a seven nanometer TSMC. 
Brett, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to mention the sort of the tie-in with they're getting into or trying to get into, of course, the the CPU and more into the enterprise market with their acquisition of ARM. But that's kind of slowed down a little bit. Do you know what the intricacies are of kind of they're starting to kind of slow walk or step back a little bit from that acquisition? You know, what's the you know the US US is not a problem from what I hear. They're they're perfectly fine. The UK yeah. is is not pleased that one of their foundational technology companies is going to be acquired by NVIDIA. And I don't blame them. It's a tentpole company for them, so I can get they're that. Not, they're not happy. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, I don't know if, if they're going to allow that to go through. It's mm. going to be iffy. They're, well, but that's I mean, they've already critical had... To, uh, I'm sorry. The export... The British exports uh, are already looking into it. So this is the second major uh, roadblock being tossed out by a UK government agency. So yeah, we'll see. But this is critical to their plans of real enterprise growth and being able to do tight integration. And world domination. And And world world domination. domination. I didn't want to say it because it really is a forward-looking statement, but uh, yeah. It is. Well, they skipped Manhattan and Berlin and just went straight for Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's a that's a whole Leonard Cohen type thing that most people won't. Some of us do, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, some of us do. Sebastian you know, might. I'm not sure. I, he probably wants to move the show along. I th- I really? think it's First, time for us. We to take Manhattan. Show. And then we take Berlin. Yeah, it's amazing that you guys can do that with the delay. <laughs> this is this is the power. Of- we have been together for too long. <laughs> All right, let's let's pause here to hear from this week's podcast sponsor. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and messaging errors, or sometimes even trying to remember the right thing to say. Text Expander can remove the repetition out of your work so that you can focus on what matters most. It's superior to simple copy and paste operations. It's way better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander makes it easy to give your team the right words for every situation. It helps keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. With it, you can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same messaging and can give the same answers to all customer questions. Use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Now that's an increase in productivity. Text Expander is available for Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. So visit TextExpander.com podcast to learn more. That's TextExpander.com podcast. We're back, and I don't know if you follow Jacob Freeman on Twitter. Anybody who does, he works with, obviously, EVGA. Uh, There was a picture that he posted from Facebook. I don't know why. It's layers upon layers here, but it's a picture of the X570 Dark motherboard. They've teased this. There was a YouTube video on their channel just showing off the logo. People are getting excited. I think we got a, a quick glimpse of the back of the board at some point. This is actually what it will look like. Here's a here's a zoom. As you can see, this is uh, this is not your traditional board here. This looks like a serious overclocker's tool. It's not just a consumer board. There's only two dim slots. Um, 
you do have two 16 lane PCIe and a by four down here, but I'm not, what is happening down here? What is, I, th I think that's audio. Is that audio? They're getting really business. big. Yeah, those will be a separate audio caps thing. Okay. Yeah, those are really big uh, caps, actually. What? Yeah, we know they're big caps, but I'm I'm just thinking that that you know I'm I'm curious what kind of audio uh, chip that's driving all that. It's got to be well, something either, new. It's power. It's power stabilization, or it's filtering. If it's used on the audio side, it's for filtering. Do you purposes. think this? Yeah. Uh, by six PCIe power input below that audio feeds audio directly with a separate because you know they're they're um that would make sense no. their new audio cards no. are driven by a separate no. six pin just like there's that. no audio card that is going to pull seventy five watts but Josh yeah. EVGA well uh, is it a pin I know I mean pin input happily excess <laughs> is never enough but what Wait, that no, is no. probably going to do that's going to power the lower PCIe slot I think I'm wrong I think it just takes a SATA now I can't remember. And I, have I don't one. know. No, but it looks like a, a separate, like power separator. But I don't Perfect. know the the vertical lines on it are, are kind of ruining it. I'm my brain is stuck between deciding if it's, it's a Dvorak dork. or if it says dork. Because yeah, <laughs> there's also a Dvorak <laughs> in there. It's just missing an A. Yeah. All right. What's up with the uh, heat sinks here? Because obviously, if the RAM is on the top for audio listeners, you're looking at an ATX motherboard, but above the CPU socket, the memory slots are, are Is that a normally have vrms and vrm heatsink wonky usb port at the top beside yeah, the reset I see that too that's yeah. it's got to be some kind of it's got to be rgb no I, I don't know i feel like it's a diagnostic uh, i wonder port. if it's like a plug-in uh, diagnostic panel for the front or something yeah i'm with sebastian this is going to be the ln2 platform for overclockers <laughs> on on amd cpu that's what it well, is. i still have two you questions laugh, but i mean th it's designed to be on a bench table. This is not like a traditional motherboard in any sense. No, but I still have two questions. Okay. Where's the ATX power? On the side. You saw it's it there. Facing sideways. It's here. Oh, okay. Thank you. There it is. And where's the CMOS battery? Uh, it's right here. Oh, there it is. It's beautiful. Oh, this is. <laughs> I can't is complain about that. That's actually quite smart. Yeah, it's. You it's just didn't right scroll up far enough. Open. It's like an old school motherboard in that regard. I do kind of like these. Uh, even the USBs are uh, horizontal, although the front panel connector is still that traditional uh, configuration. Where, that'll the, be the last uh, thing we ever get rid of. What is the the recessed one in the bottom left? The one with the the board cut out. What do we have This going is what on I there? had suggested. Yeah, yeah that's immediately a six shot pin PCIe. Might be but a separate. What is doing this region right here? No, I, I think I think that is powering probably the the bottom because a PEG slot has a max of seventy five watts, mm -hmm. and that's right. what right. a six pin will provide. Because if mm -hmm. you look up the top, uh, you've got the. In the top right, you got the 24 pin, and then you got two CPU um, eight pin, and I think that those provide power to not only just the CPU but also other parts of the board. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's at bottom. What's up here? Some kind of proprietary SATA. Say SATA. SATA. That's that's a weird SATA port. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, the SATA power. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on here. We don't know anything Fair, okay. except I will. Uh, it was interesting in the replies. Uh, Jacob clarified it's X570S 
Not Ooh, doesn't need active activity. cooling. Right. I didn't know if that it's was a grill silent. over the fan down here where the EVGA logo is, or if that was just going to be passive, but apparently it's passive. I'll be right back. Yeah, I think the uh, I think they're down on logoing oh. on this. I think there's only three, maybe four. There's only EVGA three logos. There are only three. Only EVGA find logos. three. Mm. Really? I see one on the board, one on the heatsink, and one just above the main heatsink. There's one on the yeah, back as well. Look. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. EVGA so right at least here. there's four. Oh, okay. Four over the south. You found the hidden EVGA. 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 Yep. And it, there's only three darks, as far as I can tell, as right, well. Right. There's the dark with the Ryzen logo circle here. So dark Ryzen. Yeah. And then there's, heat, then there's heat the dark sink. there, and then dark. Where there's dork. dork. Or Dvorak. Then, oh, dark right here. Yeah. 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 Or Dvorak. Dork. I believe yeah, the is... the one in the left, uh, right above the I/O ports. I bet that lights up. I bet that's. A I bet it. One. You know what? I don't know. But I think this is a PS2 port right here. That's a PS2 mouse yep. slash keyboard combo port. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. I'd love interrupter Tasty. in the external I/O. Now all it's going to be inexpensive. Is a controller on board. That would be. Great. Uh, I think that's a that's a reach. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all we have right now is a picture and the fact that it's X570S, so I guess we can move on. Yeah. It, I'm sure it'll be a premium-priced motherboard. We saw Asus has the ROG Extreme coming out, but I think that one is based on just regular X570, not X570S. I could be wrong about that. Mm. Uh, quickly, Gamescom is going on right now, another virtual event... NVIDIA has a blog post about it. I saw the PR for this this morning, so I'm going to mention it because there are more RTX games coming. I know this is not really a big shock, but certain games they were talking about will have RTX features at launch. The one that I kind of was confused about at first was Battlefield 2042. If you look at the breakdown of these games, which includes uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which has ray-traced reflections and DLSS. I was noticing there were some games that just had DLSS. Like, they weren't saying real-time ray tracing. They were saying just DLSS. And that's what Battlefield 2042 is. Enhanced with NVIDIA DLSS and NVIDIA Reflex. So this is going to be one of the Reflex games. Oh, I don't like Reflex. But uh, I don't like Reflex yeah, either. I struggle with Reflex. But... Um, yeah, it's just, there's no, like, I was looking, like, rereading this. There's no, like, real-time, like, retrace reflections, uh, global illumination, shadows. No, it's just DLSS and reflex. Is this the future? Will there be more games released that are RTX branded but don't have real-time ray tracing? I thought that was weird. Yeah, you got to change your engine around to do RTX, but not so much with DLSS, from what I understand. I could be wrong, but... Let's see. Uh, Mist. Mist is going to have real-time ray tracing and DLSS. It'll be it'll be great looking. I'm sure it will be actually. I would rather demo yeah. like play this to demo RTX than Minecraft personally, but Yeah, I'm with you. What about the Lego game? That one looks amazing. I have not uh, played it yet. It just I mean it's the best looking demo I think I've seen it does. so far. It's weird. Yeah, it looks yeah. ridiculous. What is well, it, oddly, Lego has sort of embraced the online world, which you wouldn't expect from them, but they have. Hey, look, Minecraft stole Lego and made a game out of it. 
Yeah, and, and Lego's taking that. And Lego that. said, you know what? <laughs> right. And of course, there's going to be an online component because that's what Minecraft is. Okay, speaking of uh, things and people on this podcast, sort of, I don't know. I, I don't have any transition mojo, but we're just going to do it anyway. Josh, there's, Josh, Josh, Josh. There's a, <laughs> a channel Ruprecht. that's rather popular. With, uh, you know, the YouTube community, AMD fans. I'm trying to get past the intro ad here. Hmm. Let's see. Here we go. So, Moore's Law is Dead is the name of a popular tech tuber. And here we have the Broken Silicon Podcast. And none other than Josh Walrath was the guest for some two hours last week. Two hours. Yes, uh, Moore's Law is dead. It's not James Brown is dead, even though James Brown is dead. But it's, it's, not, a, it's not a techno song. Moore's Law is dead. Um, Tom from Moore's Law is Dead has invited me last week to uh, join him on his two-hour podcast to talk about... <clears throat> Kind of retro gaming and gaming, gaming, and how it kind of um, fits in with uh, what we see today. And you know, his 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 main goal, well, idea was that we're still in a relatively cheap time. You know, if you go by MSRP's of gaming machines versus what we had in the past. So early '90s through mid '90s, you were expecting to pay. You know, in in inflated dollars you know four thousand dollars to have a low-end machine and uh you know it 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 kind of waned and waxed with 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 the years and uh but we talked about all kinds of things we talked about 3d effects we talked about the the release of the intel pentium 2 uh 266 and how that was fifteen hundred dollars the very first day it was released uh motherboards that were available how we've seen a you know a, a you know, kind of a how motherboards have become more integrated over time and added a lot of value to people, uh, how AMD has been competitive throughout the years, um, the rise of NVIDIA, the loss of 3D effects, um, all kinds of things. I mean, we, we, we talked seriously two hours about all of this stuff. And, and I thought it was a rather good conversation. We, we touched upon some, some uh, current things about, you know, where we see our uh, ray tracing going, not just RTX, but ray tracing as a whole, and and uh, you know what kind of benefits it it, it shows us right now, and uh, who could benefit from it, and and you know why it's important, and why it it may be not nearly as interesting uh, as as some people put it out to be, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good and uh, coherent conversation for that amount of time so yeah if you if you want to go check it out and uh sometime we'll have tom on uh the podcast here in the next few weeks i think and um yeah it'll be a nice little back and forth he's got an interesting channel he has uh he's an interesting guy to talk to uh you may agree with some stuff you may disagree but he's he's kind of at the cutting edge of um of uh, all the rumors and uh, leaks that have been coming out lately about uh, all the major players. So it's it's kind of fun to uh, sit down and chat with him. 
he puts together some some reasonable projections and maybe some educated guesses as well. It's, it is a fun yeah. show to listen to. Yeah. yeah. His regular Moore's Law is dead. Or the audio kind of the podcast that um, you were on is kind of an audio show. So, yep. Yeah, usually his stuff is 15 to 18 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and but you, you get you talking, talking and. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He just, I'm, I'm he just had to feed you a topic. <laughs> That's sad. You miss the old two and a half hour podcast, don't you, Josh? No, I don't. I don't. Not at <laughs> no, all. not in the least. No. <laughs> Okay, TechSpot did an interesting article. I actually read this on my own time. They were comparing CPU cores and cache. I have a comment about this, though, just because as interesting as this is, I, I, it feels a little weird. It's a pain in the ass to try and level stuff out, and they did a good effort. This idea is how much is this, the massive amounts of L3 cache, especially on the Ryzen side of things? affecting performance when you are CPU bound. And it, it seems reasonable to, to think that all other things being equal here at the bottom of this chart, just look at this, six core Intel processors. And by the six cores, I mean only six enabled. So six cores enabled on the i9-10900K. You still have 20 megs of cache, regardless of how many cores are enabled. 20 megs of L3. And as you can see, it scales with cache. You go from an average of 429, because this is like ultra-high frame rate gaming, to 470, to 508, and you're jumping from 12 megs to 16 megs to 20 megs of L3. Now, a problem here that one of the commenters made on the article that I kind of thought about, like, if you're getting this kind of scaling impact from... I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm backwards here. Because if you're if you're scaling this much, I just wonder if 1080p is low enough. But and this particular game, this is Rainbow Six Siege, Vulcan. It's a hundred. It's at 1080p ultra. Well, which is also one of the ones where it's actually visible. I, like there's a reason you picked this one because it's yeah. actually visible on this one. Because it's uncapped. So, I guess. Yeah. My thinking is, if you're going to do 1080p, you need to do low. There's like this one's very close. Here's Horizon Zero Dawn. The, They're doing that is a better example, I think. Okay, I was looking at the wrong chart. How many CP? How many games are CPU bound at this point? This game is obviously GPU bound, even at 1080 Ultimate, because you have anywhere from 165 to 168. It's it's just normal variance and benchmarking is like one to three fps so the lowest average number here was the 10 600k at 165 frames per second and then the i7 and i9 both had 167 and then it was 167 with eight cores enabled and 168 and then 168 again with 10 cores enabled it's it's obviously gpu bound here at 1080 ultimate that's what the commenter was saying and yeah. it's, it makes sense right. do 1080 low right. Or do something crazy. Do 720 low. Just create a situation where the GPU, GPU could just run amok unless the CPU was holding it back. But then yeah. it brings up the argument of how valid is that as a, of a test? Who's playing 1080 low at 500 frames per second? Who's playing... Well, to, to quote you, you're just trying to exacerbate the differences between the, the CPU models you're testing. Yeah, but I, it irritates me to I know. do it. It's, it's, it's become... Like, it's well, of course it does. 
It's like, okay, okay, if I run these tests at 320 by 200 at, at minus low quality. like 320 by 240. Come on, get it right. There you go. Well, I mean, he's, old DOS he's games right. were 320 True hipsters. But, uh, <laughs> if you run that low, then you will see... Probably you will get into situations where everything is CPU bound. Maybe even integrated graphics would be CPU bound at that point. If you're doing like that, might be a more valid test. Let's do one. Just because you're still hitting pixel, the same bosses, one by one pixel, and make there you it go. the best quality <laughs> pixel. Ultra the single quality. photon test. Mm-hmm. How fast can it blink that pixel? But and and I say this as if you know we've already figured out how to do this. But if they could figure out some CPU bound productivity apps and test it that way it would be significantly more valuable now people aren't really interested in excel benchmarks but it would i would argue that they're almost as excited about that as they're playing uh, battlefield 2042 at 1080p low but yeah no I, I still think these type of tests have value but we've hit the point, uh, not just from the hardware side, but from the, the programming side, where trying to find a GPU or a CPU bound game is, is next to impossible. And if you go for one of the old uh, benchmarks masquerading as a game, in which case, well, it's six years out of date. So who cares anyways? So while I still think this sort of stuff is valuable, we need to find a better way to do it. Well, it was nice to see these guys at least try it out. And, you know, the, disabling cores on the Intel systems and clocking them all the same that I got to respect the amount of work that would have taken. Yeah. And I, from experience, I can tell you that you can spend a tremendous amount of time trying to figure out where the bottleneck is between CPU and GPU and accomplish almost nothing. And I did this long, long, long ago. Here's an article I wrote for the site in 2015 how much CPU do you really need? And I thought I was so smart because I, I went out and actually spent my own money and bought all, a bunch of different processors and graphics cards on Amazon and Newegg and did all this testing in my spare time. I would get home from work. I was working 10-hour shifts. I'd get home and then run benchmarks all night and then work all the next day and do it all over again the next night. I did this for weeks. And uh, I have some absolutely ridiculous conclusions here if i can even find some of the charts it's like what did i even run sniper elite three thief here's metro, metro last, last light, light. okay yeah. but the problem was i think it, it, because it was over such a long period of time and i ended up with these just pages and pages of spreadsheets all this data some of the results i think got a little muddled and I didn't fully understand, I think, the differences between samples of the same GPU because I had, like, two of one GPU. So I thought, oh, I can save time by doing tests on two benches at the same time with all the same stuff. And there's sample variants, so that doesn't really... That's not valid anymore. I, the the present-day version of me would have trashed all these results. But back then, I didn't know any better. So I, I like, I borrowed a 9590 from Ryan... And all, I think all the other stuff I got. No, I think I borrowed the i5 and the 9590 and everything else I went out and bought. And it's just 
it's just a ton of stuff. Like the number of configurations here just scroll, scrolls wow. on and on and on. Wow. It was like 36 results per chart, I think, 36 different system configurations I tested with every game. And I'm doing 1080 high, which is... I, And it's, it's just too much. It wasn't one GPU. It was a... Here's a 290X and a 980, a GTX 980, and an R9... 780 Ti, I saw down there. 770. Mm -hmm. That's the one where I had two of the same 770s and thought I could, you know, use them interchangeably like a fool. R7 260X, a GTX 750 Ti. Oh, 750. Just, it just, I. At that point, I thought, oh, the i5. The i5 is all you need for gaming. I think my conclusion was the best CPU for gaming is the Core i5-4440 of the ones that I tested. But I didn't test enough games. I wasn't testing at low enough resolution. It's just, it's hard to do this stuff. It took me weeks and weeks as I was working alone. And, you know, TechSpot, I admire anybody who puts that much effort into an article like that. And then I was reading the comments, and it just reminded me of my article because it was just people dumping on me in the comments. So it's like all that work and people think that it's crap because they don't agree with my conclusions and then it made me question my test methodology and all that stuff. So, But hey, I got to drive down to Kentucky and do a video with Ryan about it. So there's something. Let's pause here again to hear from another podcast sponsor this week. When Simply Safe's home security founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen, they did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into, and they were struggling to find a security system that was simple to set up and would make them feel safe again. And now making people feel safe is what Simply Safe has been all about, and they've been doing it since that moment 15 years ago. It's a passion to protect people, driving their every engineering detail within their products, and it motivates every interaction with their customers. Simply Safe is making it easy. It takes about two minutes to customize the system on their website. Check them out at simplysafe.com/pcper. Simply Safe has highly trained security experts ready to go whenever you need them. With whether that's during a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, or even just when you're getting the system set up and configured, there's always somebody there. And they've got your back helping to keep you safe. Show listeners can get 20% off on a Simply Safe security system and get your first months free when you sign up for their interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com pcper to customize your system and start protecting your home and family today. Go over to simplysafe.com pcper and start configuring a system. I'll cover a couple of reviews that were published while we were gone. Uh, Fractal Design, or sorry, Fractal. They've dropped the design, even though their website is still Fractal Design. Fractal Torrent, high airflow case. And you don't even need to read my review because no sooner did I publish this than, than I went around looking at other people's takes on this. And none other than Steve at Gamers Nexus called it case of the year so far, 2021. It's just. In other words, all, he agreed with you. All it is is fans. It really, and yeah. open space. Big open, big open front panel. I li actually really like the design of this front panel. It, I call it's it decent. Art, I like I it. I think it looks Art Deco, kind of. It does. It does. Almost. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can fit a huge components inside of it. Because okay, it's here, an open here's layout. the problem. What? You know what the problem is. No. What? I don't see any optical drive spaces. No. Oh, but you know what? It has no. these convenient USB ports to plug an external optical drive into, I notice. Hey, so. how big are those front fans? They're 180 millimeters a piece. 180. Okay. When I was unboxing this, I hadn't read the reviewer's guide or anything yet. I just was grabbing it, took it out of the box to look at it. And I thought I was looking at the front panel here. 
I'm like, oh, it must have like a cover. That's the that's, bottom. And right, it's the bottom. Like the bottom has triple 140 millimeter intakes on it. The last case I had with triple giant intake fans like this, it was actually triple 180s. It was my Silverstone Fortress FTO2. There are a couple of things that reminded me of Silverstone in this build or this case. Yeah, the, the, my RVO2 behind me that I used for my wife had that same triple 140 setup. Mm. Did they also go with a top mount PSU on that? Yeah. I mean, probably. No. Yeah. Wait. It yeah. was like. Yeah. Off to the it's like up and off to the side, right? Because those well, it's, it, it, this was a vertical front. orientation with the RVO two. Oh, okay. The Raven. That was right. It was rotated, right? So the yep. IO yep. was on the top. Yep. That's the one thing this doesn't do. It's it reminds me of those cases, but it's still a traditional uh, ATX layout. So it, if you look at it, the front has those two big 180 millimeter intake fans. We got the uh, RGB version of this case, which, by the way. It's not it's not cheap. This case if you get the RGB version is 229. The version without RGB is 189. So still quite uh pricey especially considering they have the higher flow Meshify series already. You can get an ATX Meshify for 140. So and here you can see that top mounted uh PSU area you have to take the top panel off it's just super easy it's two thumb screws and it comes right off which again another silverstone thing because the silverstone temgen tj08e case that i used to have had to take the top panel off and put the c the psu on top just like this and then route your cable so i i was getting a very strong silverstone vibe throughout the entire process i will point out uh if you're looking at the back here this is how it shipped you've got grommeted cable routing openings around the board, which is nice. You have the Velcro straps. Down here, you have a PWM fan hub, which, eh, okay. Because they shipped us the version with all RGB fans. These were the kind that there was no RGB hub, so each fan had to be daisy-chained to the next. And then that eventually had to make its way to a motherboard header. So I had this huge tangle of wires to try to fit somewhere neatly and not block anything so that was kind of annoying it's really my only knock against the case that and the fact that this fan hub it's designed so that everything including the cpu fan plugs into it and then it plugs into the cpu fan header but it's mm -hmm. in the bottom left corner of the back of the case and it doesn't come with a uh, cable uh i didn't see one maybe i completely missed this but uh they would have to have an extension cable for your cpu fan to reach all the way back here Right. What did you do? Where did you I, find that cable? I didn't. So I I simply plugged all the fans into this and then plugged the included PWM fan into just one of the system headers on the board. Oh, okay. And then I had the CPU fan just running off the CPU header. So here's my completed build. I did a... What is this? This is a Z590. It was the 11900K, I think, was still on this, this uh, Tai Chi board. And it's a RTX 3080 Ti... And I used this Cooler Master Hyper 212 Black Edition cooler, which is an insane choice with an 11900K, but I was manually enforcing all power limits, so I thought it would be fine. Uh, it still got to 92 degrees under load, but... You know, yeah, but the yeah, whole thing looks too. great. Yeah, it looks really nice, though. It was, it was a it, nice It was a nice-looking build. Nice build. And, um, and I, like your, I like your Lix SSD. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It always looks like he's outlined it in red digitally. 
<laughs> Lex. No, it's just that neutron drive. Oh, this was interesting because the PSU is at the top, you know, like all old times used to be. Mm-hmm. It has this series of Velcro straps all along the sides, so you can have your power cable neatly down the side. That's oh, nice. I've seen that before. It was That's so thoughtful. nice. Nice. That's nice. And I did some performance testing, just real quick. I did it in, like, components out, and then components in the case. And the differences are not huge. What'd you spend those 180s at? Uh, I How don't fast rem- did you spend them? I don't know, because I, I had it at the uh, performance preset of the motherboard, because I just had it on a motherboard fan header. Fan header. I should have checked. Okay. I have all the data, I think, saved from uh, HW info. I can look, but... Oh. And from the one one nine zero 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 K, that's actually not too bad. Yeah, for for that, and and as you can see, if you're looking at the chart, sorry, audio listeners, for many reasons, but for one, uh, I'm not describing this very well. The open test bench, the GPU was eleven point six degrees above ambient at idle, which is a zero zero RPM idle, and then fifty one point three above ambient at load. Inside the torrent, it was only six point seven over ambient at idle. And it dropped from 51 down to 47 at low. That's great. So you're, That's fantastic. You get better temps, generally speaking, inside the case versus outside the case. It kind of flip-flopped on a couple of things, but it was within a degree. Uh, so, yeah, it's it low, you'll have lower idle temps. You'll have your overall system board will be at a lower temp. I should have done more testing on, like, thermals, like memory, you know. I'm, everything benefits from airflow. And you have a tremendous amount of airflow with this case. And then it wasn't even that loud. Like, I, I put my sound pressure meter about 18 inches from the front panel while it was running. And I got a high of 39.1 decibels. And that was at load and idle. So it was pretty much just the fan noise from the front fans at that point. How, how much uh, above uh, room ambient was 39.1 that seems like very close to ambient, really. It's not much above. It really depends on your room. I think uh, yeah. ambient, it's hard to say because my meter isn't good enough to really tell me. My meter bottoms out at about 31 decibels, even though it claims to go down to 30. Uh, well, so. I mean, were you finding somewhere that's under 30 decibels with a kid in the house? I know. That, that's why I know, I, really. Literally, I have stopped doing serious noise testing in this house. I would need an office to do it because... There used to be a time. I mean, when, no, a benchmark of louder than small child, yeah. quieter than small child is actually pretty valuable. He's I, got a funny point. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, I, I used to take this really seriously, and I would shut everything off. I would tell my wife because it's before my, before my son was born. I'd be like, "All right, I'm shutting everything off. I do sound testing." I would literally unplug the refrigerator, turn off anything electric in the house, and then come AC, down here. Got that? Everything was off, of course. Yeah, and tell her you have to be absolutely silent. I would do my noise readings. And then I'm like, okay, you can turn everything back on again. And, go. and most of the time, I'd forget to plug the fridge back in. That was a little bit of a friction point. <laughs> so three hours later, don't open exactly. the fridge as she's opening it. It's, I forgot to plug it back milk, in. The milk is bad. The milk is bad. But it's okay. I got the sound I got the sound test done. It's okay if we ever throw everything in the fridge away. Because yep. now I know how many decibels this, uh, you know, side. Wait, so I could sort of swing this to get you guys to pay me. To go over to Main Island to yeah. do sound testing. Yeah, we'll just ship you all the Because let me really tell you, the, the, den- the gentle shrush of the ocean is the loudest thing going on. Moving along. Yes, give it the gold award. Uh, lastly, uh, but not least, the headset I've been wearing that you're listening to. 
I won't be doing any compression or anything on this uh, beyond what I normally do to publish the podcast. So the audio is good. By pretty the way. much hearing just what's coming out of this mic right here. It's one of the best sounding boom mics I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm impressed. Remember, remember when I did it with the eight sixty? Yeah. The, yes. um, that was that thing. was the, probably the Fantastic. second best. I don't know. I think Sebastian's is actually better tonight. I think his audio is really yeah, good. No, I think you're now second place, Josh. Yeah, no, that's fine for me to be second place. But these were, for I was for blown away by the quality of them. as they are. Yeah, they're really good overall headphones. Yeah. Hmm. But no, you can drop three hundred bucks, reach. and what? the boom on it will still suck. <laughs> like it, it is hard to find a boom mic that actually does not just sound like complete and total garbage. And that's all USB, so it's all A to D converters and you know yeah. standard. This yep. is the Corsair HS80. It's their newest wireless headset. It's 150 bucks. It's 2.4 gigahertz. There's no Bluetooth here. The selling point of this was that it is their first, and they say an industry first, to do 24-bit 48 kilohertz over wireless. Now I know Sony has their own proprietary codec. They do kind of uh, high-res streaming to their own devices. We're talking like gaming headsets here. So in the past, we've had 16-bit 48 kilohertz wireless. This one will do 24. So they're kind of pushing the limits, I think, of what they can do on this um, connection. This is using their Slipstream wireless 2.4 gigahertz dongle-based approach. And yes, I I embrace the dongle lifestyle because it means i don't have to deal with lossy compression that uh, is inherent in bluetooth plus this is lower latency than bluetooth now the one of the big features of this is not just that it's high res compatible technically because of the 24-bit thing but it is dolby atmos spatial audio compatible which i found a little okay it's a little tricky first of all you have to if you're on windows you have to go to the microsoft store and download a Dolby app to enable it on your system. Otherwise, you have to use the generic Windows spatial audio thing. But I knew there was a lot of Apple content that is officially like Dolby, like sanctioned, Dolby licensed, whatever. So I, I did the unthinkable. I uh, You can get IQ software for Mac or Windows. I downloaded the Mac version. I connected these to a Mac at one point during testing to try out spatial audio. I'll get to that in a moment. Look at this this headband here. I'll just briefly cover That's this. That's cool. That's it's, cool. It's a sort of floating um, retention mechanism. So you have an elastic band that actually touches your head, and the headband itself sort of floats above your hair or above your skull. It really depends on the person. And this is kind of an interesting feel. I thought it was great. The, the feeling of just like the, the elastic... It, it didn't feel... Like these are 13 ounces. They're not particularly heavy to begin with, but it had kind of a light, bouncy feel to it. And the ear cups have big foam pads that are covered in what feels almost like a corduroy. So they'll never get that sticky feeling like the vinyl ones do. If you sweat but a lot... But when you walk down the hall, do you get the zip-zip sound? Oh, of the brushing against each other? It's It's the joke. When I was in seventh grade and wore corduroy jeans, you could always hear me coming 30 feet away. <laughs> zip, 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 zip. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, where was I? Um, mm, yeah, certainly not comfort corduroy. Of corduroy. Comfort, mm. fit and comfort. I'm ge- I am getting a little sibilance off the mic. I mean, there's okay. no breath. Uh, there's no there's no breath shield or anything like that or, or pop shield or anything. So. Apparently, my audio is also a little low, and I had the, the mic is. volume it turned is. up to a hundred in uh, Windows. It, it's missing some audio space. Like the, it's not filling the entire spatial area. <laughs> okay, it's a little compressed, but it's ah, not. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, okay, you know, it's not. It's, no, it's, but for a boom mic, it's freaking decent, man. Yeah. I will say I, I always give gaming headsets to my wife. She has uh, two dozen. I begrudgingly <laughs> respect her opinions on them for some reason. I like I trust my opinion on sound quality, but she points stuff out about gaming headsets. She's a very headphone sound oriented kind of a person, so she put these on and immediately was like, "I don't like the way these feel." Like what? I think they feel great. Like he- like, like the ear no, cups they're, they're were, too were no tight. Good? No, the headband was too oh. tight. She didn't like the oh. like is it the clamping force? She's like, no, it's not clamping force. It's not the pressure against the size of my head. It's squeezing the top of my head. And I stared at huh. these for a minute. I don't think I got a good picture of this. Under the band on each side is a Velcro adjustment. You can change the length of this band easily. There's the little strap down oh. here. So oh, I just okay. loosened it a little bit on both sides, and she's like, that's great. That feels good now. And actually, that reduced the clamping force slightly because it wasn't pulling against the sides as much when it was on my head. So mm-hmm. these are more configurable than I thought. I thought, oh, it's stretchy. It's one size fits all. No, no, no. It's got an adjustment like on a ball cap. So you can make it fit your head better than I thought. Plus, these um, ear cups rotate quite a bit, and they can rotate completely flat. So I thought comfort was very good. They're not too heavy. They're sound. They're They're... Lower frequency control and depth is outstanding. I did uh, some like audio sweep tests. It'll do 30, 30 hertz with power and control. Rolls off very fast below that. But highs were very crisp. They have kind of a bright sound, Josh. They have that grado sound. They're mid-rangey and Heavy, kind, yeah. of, kind of um, aggressive sounding. They're not that scooped smile EQ sound at all. And I did some spatial audio testing. Here's a little screenshot. I was listening to like the spatial audio, made for spatial audio, Adobe Atmos demos. And it's it's interesting. It's a subtle sort of effect that just sounds like they've remastered the track to isolate things to the left and right channel more. But it did a good job. I, I thought these were great. I, I was surprised that I saw some reviews that weren't as high on the sound quality as I was. But... It's like, what else do you want? The only thing I really didn't like was um, headroom of the audio amplifier in wireless mode, which I kind of expect. This is the thing I ran into the last time I did a pair of wireless headphones. You just don't have enough power to listen at high volumes and still get that dynamic punch when the, the sound gets louder. There was nowhere else for it to go. It had more headroom when it was plugged in, but when I backed off to what I think regular people would consider a normal listening level, which is not, you know, one click away from full blast, then it was it was dynamic. So I still gave it the editor's choice because I was actually I was kind of surprised at the price. I thought this would be kind of in the two hundred dollar range, because that's where other premium wireless headsets have been recently, but the sound is really, really good out of these though i am biased towards that sort of grado sound i like it mid mid forward yeah i like like it when horns 
and I listen to a lot of jazz. So like the saxophone is very prominent, the piano is very prominent, but the drums are still clean and crisp, and the bass is very well controlled. These are like the best. So it's tight. The bass is tight. Jazz not headphones I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but other things like soundtrack audio is very good. It's it feels like a small sub. Imagine like an eight inch sub in your room. It's not overpowering, mm-hmm. but you can feel that bass. Like the the sub that would come with a pair of two point one desktop yeah. speakers. Anyway. anyway, yes. Moving on to picks. Picks of, of the, the week. week. And as is customary, Josh, will start us off. Sub two hundred dollar two terabyte NVMe SSD. It's it's. I've heard of these guys before. They're now the new kind of budget group, the Inland Platinum 2 terabyte. Uh, I think it's a E12, Fison E12 controller. You know, it's got DRAM. And, uh, you know, it's it's the 3400 read, 3000 write. And, I mean, the IOPS aren't anything amazing. But for under two hundred bucks, it's a solid performer, and uh, yeah, I I can't say enough about having a NVMe as a game drive. And with two terabytes, you've you've got enough space to be able to juggle juggle around quite a few titles. Uh, not as much as four terabytes, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Jeremy. <laughs> Well, I mean, I still can't help you with a GPU unless you want to buy an entire system with a nice GPU in it for the same price that some arsehole is going to try and sell you a GPU for. But are Ryzen CPUs ever getting dirt cheap? Uh, like right now, they've knocked the 3700X down to 324 Canadian. I'm betting if you went to the American version, it would not be much more than about 260, 280. Uh, which is just stupid cheap for a really good part. Uh, I kind of wish it was an APU. Uh, I kind of wish that you know both Intel and AMD were a bit more providing with the APU, so at least you know you could have a graphics output as opposed to that old GT sixty eight hundred you got sitting around somewhere that you still have to use. <laughs> Uh, in the U.S. Oh, apparently. God, you guys are getting ripped off. 309? But this is... 309? That's Ant Online. Oh, I can buy it used for 289, though. Yeah, well, this Gently ain't used. Uh, used. Gently. Yeah. Only mind about... Uh... <laughs> Gently. Gently used. So, yeah, if you're American, don't pay attention to this. But, uh, well, yeah, it's still 289. But yeah, up here, up north, uh, and if you don't like Newegg, uh, a lot of the local retailers are selling at about the same price. It's it's freaking brilliant. Uh, it's It's got a bit of cache to it. It's also got a nice 4.4 gigahertz boost to it. And honestly, has enough cores for just about everything you want in you. There was a better deal, but it ended in four hours, so I decided not oh, to tease people. Okay. It's the tradition, though. We always talk about things that... Don't you tease me. Please me. All right, Brett. Yeah, there's been... Oh, yeah. So I'm all about Which bringing the... I'm all about bringing the tool wherever so you So the Skeletool is... The I Leatherman Skeletool is actually... I love this one. ...allowed to be brought TSA? on airplanes. No, no, this is not. But I just was using this to illustrate my point. This is my usual pocket tool without the hole cut in my pocket. Yeah, because they're nice this and is, light. 
Love this one. This is fantastic. The best part about this particular tool is the fact that it has a very nice pocket clip on it so that you know it's right there, doesn't walk around in your pocket, so it's deployable. The problem is, is that when you get on an aircraft and you go someplace, they don't like this sort of thing. In fact, they frown upon it, mostly because it has things like, oh, the pokey bits, you know, in this. Yeah. They don't like that sort of thing. So they say, no. Well, they have wonderful sales aircraft. where you can buy entire boxes of them afterwards. Yeah. So they've taken There's people like, away. <laughs> big sale. You could look, you could do dumpster diving perhaps, but yeah, you cannot bring this on an aircraft. But I did find one, I think, that advertises itself as TSA compatible hmm. because it has no pokey bits on it. If you'd like to travel with a tool, if you like to travel with a tool, and I know I do, and you know, if you're like me, then I know I am. Um, well, you need something to for, play with on the flight. Well, there's that. And if you really think you, you might need a tool wherever you're going, this is not a bad alternative. And it's roughly, you know, I priced this at full price. This is the previous generation. This is the SOG Sync 1 travel multi-tool. Usually about $50 even for the uh, the latest version. This is a Woot sale, 25 bucks. It doubles as a belt buckle if you really wanted to use it that way. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that in front of the TSA because no, it looks you like you're trying to hide shouldn't. it. Nope, make it pretty clear that you're carrying it, but it's not, it has no dangerous appendages uh, within. It says TSA uh, compliant right here. I highlighted it. It, it yeah. does. It, they so promised. Yeah. Hey, I swore I, I have no dangerous appendages and the TSA wouldn't let me on a flight, so. You know, there's a particular reason for that, Jeremy. Ron, Jeremy. Well, that's true. Fine. Yeah, so. So Bring what I'm saying up. is, if you're a if you're a, t- a typical tool wielder and feel like you may want to take something with you, you know, on a flight, this might be your ticket to ride. So, you know, twenty five well, for twenty five bucks. Yeah, exactly. If they take it away from me, you're not going to cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but like don't, my don't try to hide jelly. It. That's just ridiculous. They took that but, away. And I I felt toolless when I ended up on in California, completely toolless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's California, so there's plenty of uh, well. There were know. plenty of tools walking mm. around at that point. Yeah. Er, er, er. Sebastian, do you actually have a bloody pick? I do, and does. this uh, is very topical because today I had a technician come out to look at our air conditioning unit outside because it had quit working. It wasn't working all that well, and then yesterday afternoon it stopped entirely, and. It's been 91 to 94 degrees with high Ew. humidity for the last few days. And I looked at the forecast, like, can I just, it's August, it's late August, can I just wait till spring to have my AC replaced or something? <laughs> no, Surprise. I'm looking at the forecast and it's, my wife is dying, so she doesn't like it when it's hot at 90, night. So she 94, like, 95. Well, that heat dome I had about a week and a bit ago, well, your turn. Yeah. Perfect. It's, it's like July again. And we're uh, on August 25. But anyway, they, I had kind of thought it might be a start capacitor for the fan. And I went out mm-hmm. and poked the fan with a stick and I got it running again. But it was only running at like half speed. Like, this is wrong. And it was blowing warm air. I was very concerned. I needed a new AC unit. But the tech came out today, does some, you know, fiddling around, and then walks up to me with one of these round dual-run capacitors. And he's like, see how that's bulging? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's supposed to be flat. I'm like, right. Bulging capacitors are bad. Bad. So he repaired, He replaced it real quick, and everything that's works bad. Fine. Okay. And then, of course, after Huzzah. he left, I looked it up, and I'm like, wow, these are not expensive. 
This is less than I paid. Multiply this $23 by, you know, 10. And that's what Move I had to pay for him point. to replace this $23 part. But it's like a, it was yeah. 100, and, 100 and something for him to even come out. It's what are hot. the specs on it? How many? It's hot. How much is that? Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I think oh. it was a higher rated one than this. It's a 60, I think, 60 plus 10. Okay, this it might have been um, a little bit more expensive than that. Because I'm looking, this one's $38. That's a 50 plus 5. So 50 plus... No, our, our phone system blew a fuse about a month ago. Yeah. And you remember back in the day when you could just find an electronics store that we could sell you a fuse? <laughs> yeah, it was called yeah. Radio Shack. Yeah, I remember those no places. That was great. <laughs> they're, they're not... They don't exist anymore. I know. And the two or three that do that I actually visited personally are like... Well, yeah, technically they still pay us rent, but they don't really exist there. We think they're sort of a cover for something else. Okay, <laughs> good to know, but all I wanted was a capacitor. Or in this case, a fuse. <laughs> I had a pair of speakers. The mid-range went out on one of them. I pull out the crossover. I was looking at it, and I could see that one of the resistors was cracked. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. and it was a, a pin-through, super easy. I'm not very good at soldering, but I'm like, I can do this. Of course, Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore. I ended up having to find it from a third-party seller on Amazon, and I had to buy 10 of them. It took, like, a week. So finally, I get this thing in the mail. It's a card with all these capacitors. I pull one off. I solder it in. And the speaker works great, but I miss being able to drive down the road and just, like, go through the bins and find stuff. stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well. All right. Well, that was my pick. All, uh, AC all works again. Awesome. Yeah, but I want in... in in town, Brett. Brick and mortar. Yeah. Sorry. That you're an audience of one, or we were. No, we are an audience of plenty a of people, of people. Just like me. There are. At or over the age of forty who miss sure. Radio Shack. And know how to solder. And don't pretend yeah. like you're the kid. The, the source is Brett. the same thing. <laughs> don't pretend what? Don't forget you're like the <laughs> kid here. Like, oh, Embrace the internet. Just order it from, you know, electronicparts.com. Like, no, I want yeah, to go into I a know. store. I, I, I miss shopping to at Toys R Us for my son. You know, I, I liked going into the Oh, store we still have time. that up here. Oh, you for do? Some Jeffrey the Giraffe. Don't have oh, yeah, giraffe. it's crap. We also have the source, which is the, the last remaining bits of uh, Radio Shack, and it's awful. Great. Um, it's like discount Best Buy. Mm. Oh. Or fries. Wait, Discount fries, Best Buy was called. Oh, no, no, Discount Best Buy. Come on, I've still got Optimus uh, speakers in my house. So. Me too. And they still work, yeah. don't they? Oh, nice. Yeah, they And they do. still go strong. Mm -hmm. I had a set of, yep. I still have a set of Minimus 7s. Remember those, the little metal ones? Those, and they yep, sounded really good for their size. They're, they're my surround speakers. Yeah, nice. for 7.1. Nice. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Really much bigger than their size would would you know lend you to believe yeah anyway yeah it's yeah. it's that time we've reached the end of another show we did it and we've returned to a longer format i'm not sure how long it'll be after we cut a few things out but and this was only like eight stories too i know it's Those it's because we had like a two weeks sort of thing and we kind of felt like fresh coming into it i guess maybe i don't know no i don't think so i don't feel fresh okay. at all <laughs> Anyway, thanks for uh, joining us for the PC Perspective Podcast. This has been episode number 600 and blah, blah, blah. And uh, we've enjoyed talking to you some more and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, uh, you know, 
Y'all have yeah, I gotta go. Wonderful evening, go home. morning slash go home. afternoon. Good go night. Home. I'm not Chevy Chase, and you're not either. Ah, uh, I have no thoughts. Tune in again next week for more quality content like this. Good night. <clears throat> You know what killed me was the wink. That's yeah. what that's what broke me up. <laughs> that's a guy. That's quality that's what content. Broke me.